Welcome. I'm uh, Ron Jenkins, a former diving coach for Westchester University. I am the owner and CEO of Westchester Diving LLC, an age group program. And I'm Heath Calhoun. And I am Aaron Rooney. As always, this podcast is sponsored by our friends at Sideline Scout. There's a couple of different ways to get there now. You can use our link tree in our Instagram bio, or you can go to our website, which Heath will um, explain a little bit later as well. So like I said, Sideline Scout, specifically that poolside live package, that's your video replay, absolutely essential on every single pool deck. You use an Apple TV, the remote controls are super user-friendly to hone in on those key details of each dive at each moment in time in those dives. That's what we're working with a lot over here for the Alexandria team. So um, the other thing too, get over to our episode number two of the diving pod. If you're new to diving or just want to refresh on how the numbers and letters and how to score points, uh, that is dive our diving 101 episode two of the diving pod. And then uh, just a reminder for everybody, our new sponsor is Crossbar. Um, They were nice enough to get in touch with us. We've reached out and um, they have hooked us up with a website. It is in the process of going live. Um, Some of the kind of fun things we're looking to do is we put up every event through USA Diving that we were able to find. Next up is AAU Diving. Um, That's a major event. So regional zones, nationals, trials, last chance qualifiers, world championships, Um, We're looking to try to do a 2024 and 2025 commits list. So that way people can stay up to date on commitments um, and things of that nature. And then some parents and coaching resources um, as well as diver resources as well. So big thanks to crossbar for helping us out with getting some more information to the community, but with no further ado, Dr. Ron Jenkins, we are super excited to have you take us through your diving journey. And what are you up to now? Well, I'm excited to be here. First of all, um, I started out in a small YMCA. It was a 20-yard pool, four lanes. Um, we had this game we played where you could uh, jump up and touch the ceiling. And we also took pencils because it was a cork ceiling. We wanted to see how far out uh, we could stick the pencil. Um, the goal was uh, finish YMCA, enter the high school. And I competed for uh, my high school. And um, then... Uh, went to uh, Westchester University. I picked Westchester University because they were the only school that recruited me. And it was at a meet at FNM College. They said, how would you like to come to Westchester and dive? And I go, great, sign me up. That's how I got there. Um, My whole life seemed to revolve around diving. And uh, I... um, was offered a fellowship after graduating from Westchester to Bucknell University. And so I went there as a grad assistant slash diving coach. And I did that. And then um, I was offered a job back at Westchester University for money and um, as assistant dean of students. And I figured, well, that's gonna be it for diving. And I uh, was now um, in a real job, real money, and uh, I would ride it out from there. That took about three weeks to um, maybe a month. Um, and someone knew me from days when and said, hey, you're going to coach us, right? And I go, no, I don't do that anymore. And so I came by the pool, um, looked in and said, okay, I'll, I'll give you guys three days, maybe a week, and then that's it. 
but uh, I'm not coaching. Uh, I never left. And, and <laughs> never regretted it. Um, I, I have often joked and, and have said I spent 10 years in, in um, formal education, um, master's, doctorate, undergraduate, and uh, to realize that my true passion was coaching diving. That, that's incredible, Jenks. So what do you think it was that just drew you and made you realize that was your passion? What makes you so passionate about coaching diving? Uh, it was uh, a safe haven for me as a kid. Um, I was not really um, uh, a social being, even in uh, middle school, definitely not in high school. And so um, I enjoyed going, going to the Y and uh, meeting people there who uh, were, uh, were of the friendly type and, um, and encouraging. And so I, I stayed with the sport. So talk to us about how things were, you know, different when you were diving compared to, you know, some of your more recent years of coaching. Oh, my God. Uh, one thing was that there were no people of color and diving. I mean, nowhere. In fact, uh, I, I could overhear people referring to me as the fly in the milk. Uh, <laughs> and um, I, I, during my entire YMCA career, I think I competed for the Y for maybe three years uh, before high school. And in high school, I did meet one person, of, one other person of color, and his name was Lafayette Jackson. I'll never forget his name. He uh, is from uh, Delaware, and I often thought of maybe I'll look him up sometime and see what's happened to him. Um, and this was at the, it was called uh, the Lawrenceville Invitational, uh, where actually schools came from all over the East Coast um, and, uh, and competed. It was a, a private school league as well as a, a public school. So there were two divisions. Um, and I, um, I enjoyed that. It was exciting. Um, you got to meet people from all around and, um, it, um, you, you would think, uh, God, wonder where these people are going. I, I do know some people who did make the Olympic team that were in that league. Um, other changes, um, diving boards were, were, were definitely, uh, different, um, I can remember going to a meet and diving to, to a board that had what looked like a log under it for a fulcrum and the board itself was anchored into the deck of the pool. Uh, <laughs> and so diving boards have come a long way. Um, I, I, um, going back to, uh, the, uh, what was different, uh, I, I know, again, me being the only person of color competing, um, I, I would often have um, officials come up to me after the meet and say, how come you can dive? And it, it was a ridiculous question, I always thought, but I was always raised um, to, um, to have respect for my elders. So I would just give them uh, uh, I don't know answer or, well, I I live close to a YMCA. So, so Jenks, I do have a follow-up on that. You know, 
how did that affect you as a young man? Kind of, you said you weren't super social and then you have officials coming up to you and kind of questioning why or how you're doing this. How did that affect you in your development? How did that affect you? Just, just you as a person, honestly. Well, I always um, stayed in the background, even when I competed in, in college, although uh, the team was good. I enjoyed the team. And in fact, I still hear from team members. Uh, one other thing I, I should mention, when I began competing at the YMCA, uh, I had um, one friend and he and I were in a little tight gymnastics club together. And I can remember you do your trick and you know, you're supposed to sit up straight and sit beside the person who preceded you. And kids would elbow me out of the way and, um, and say, don't sit here. And he was one that said, you can sit over here. And he was sort of like my protector, my friend, uh, my go-to person the whole time uh, I was growing up. He and I became best friends and we are best friends to this day. <laughs> we went to Westchester together. We uh, stayed in touch um, uh, even after I went to Bucknell, he, he went to teaching and, um, and we're old men now and back together. That's incredible. So, and then my last couple questions here, just kind of on this topic, cause I, I always wonder this and correct me if I'm wrong. Did you win a national title as an athlete at any point in time? I did not. The only uh, national title I got was YMCA masters. I placed second. And what year was <laughs> like second? God, I have no idea. And then my second question would be, you know, you were at Westchester for so long. When Over was your years? When was your first national champion at Westchester? Um oh, I think in 1985. Oh no, I know exactly. It was 1995. That's crazy. Now, this, I don't know if you'll know the answer to this. Would you potentially be the first ever African-American coach to coach a national champion in our sport? I don't know. I be, do not know. I just think we we do so much with DEI at the USA diving level to like re recognize like Diane Mays, Michael Wright, like all these amazing accomplishments. And I would just wonder if that's kind of one of those for, for people of color. And I think that would be a pretty impressive thing that if we can yeah. get that recognized. I know that I was an NC2A um, division one head coach as far back as um, 67. Oh, that definitely has to be, you have to be one of the first African-American yeah. That's uh, incredible. I, I, possibly. We'll have to do some research on that one. All right. So now I know that you we'll, we'll get to Robat in the future, but I know you collaborated oh, with other coaches, but you know, how do you like to collaborate with other coaches on ideas or on situations that you may be struggling with? Sure. Um, I can remember um, I heard a rumor one time and, and uh, I used to be one of the um, safety certifiers for USA diving so at that time, I was uh, sent to Minnesota where I, I uh, and I knew KZ when he was diving coach there. And I said, KZ, there is a rumor that you teach twisters without a twisting belt, but in the harness. And he goes, 
Oh yeah, because when I grew up, we couldn't afford a twisting belt. So <laughs> we just um, learned to do it in the regular belt and uh, did it by reversing the wrap of the ropes. And I go, wow. I get it, how do you do it? He, and he showed me, you have to put the ropes down. You have to then, if you twist to the left, you have to wrap them, you have to turn to the right. And then when they go up, you pull the rope and and there you are, you've, you've done the somersault with a twist. Uh, I, I've enjoyed meeting with other coaches and, uh, and just going over things, uh, sometimes looking at divers and saying, oh, you could get that dive if you just. And, and I, I said that uh, it, it's disheartening, it, it's, it's exciting when I, um, I see a diver do the dive for the first time. Yes. And that, that look on her face. Uh, one of the advantages that I had was I've actually been all over the world um, with uh, diving. Uh, been to Australia uh, lots of times um, and um, Europe uh, and meeting coaches at, uh, in, in passing or uh, spending a lot of time with the coaches and, and finding out what they did. Uh, there are some things that I wish uh, we as uh, United States Diving would incorporate. Uh, they have... Um, certain drills that one must be proficient in before they can go on to the next. Sometimes I think we're so busy teaching the dive for the meet that uh, our, our divers don't really get to be proficient in performing them. Sure. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, what would you say is the most difficult and then also the most rewarding part of coaching for you? Uh, for me personally, it's um, losing divers. Uh, in my club program, I've lost over 11 divers. And when I say lost, they've uh, passed on. Oh, wow. Uh, and it was um, due to automobile accidents, drug abuse, things like that. And it's hard. You know, you spend hours in the pool with these kids and then something tragic happens to them. And, uh, you know, you... you uh, I, I still grieve sometimes when I think of them, even now as I'm talking about it. Hmm. Well, and, and then I think, how about you go ahead, Heath? I was just going to say, I, you know, I think that speaks to the type of coach you were that the thing that you, that you remember in the, the difficult part of coaching actually has nothing to do with diving. It just has to do with the impact you've made on these people. And, you know, whether it's poor decisions or, you know, bad luck or unfortunate circumstances, like those are the things that stick with you. It just show it just shows how good of a person you are, Jenks. To be quite honest. Well, thank you, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. But it does. These are are um, I always refer to them sometimes as the kids I'll never have. <laughs> yeah. What about the most rewarding, Jenks? Let's try to flip it. Let's try to make it a little more upbeat. <laughs> it, I I've often said that I have learned most of my techniques um, by coaching beginning divers and uh, the way they uh, feel a dive or address a dive. And it's always rewarding to see that one little kid who uh, does the dive for the first time and the look they give on their face when they come up from the, 
that that in itself is well worth coaching. Absolutely. All right, Jenks, in what area do you think you have grown the most since the beginning of your diving career? Um, I think it was uh, the being able to see the world, um, making friends, um, just uh, and keeping those friendships uh, outside of the pool. Uh, I, I can remember uh, meeting people, and this is about 30 years ago, and there has never been uh, a year or, or even a half a year that's, that's gone by that I haven't been in touch with some of them. Um, they've, they've come over, they've stayed at my house for time. Um, I've been involved in one's wedding and, and it's really something if um, we could find that magic formula for creating that I- idyllic friendship uh, that lasts, you know, and even though it's half a world away for most of them, uh, we remain close friends. That seems to be a common theme really with anybody we talk to in the diving community. It's just that, that sense of community of whenever you meet somebody new from anywhere else, whether it's down the road at a rival school or like you say, across the globe and you all have this same passion. It's just so cool that we all share that same passion for the same sport. Um, Jenks, favorite diving memory. Oh, definitely. 96 games. I had a position there. I spent eight weeks, maybe more than eight weeks. But um, I often say that there's a corporation for which I work where there were no limits on on resources. Uh, We needed things to make the games a success and it was always there. And and I I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed my position there. So what was your position? What was your part in that? I was called the um, diving officials coordinator. So basically, I was the go-to person for anything involving the diving officials. Um, and how many officials are there, like, yeah, at an Olympic know, Games? That, that's a, a question my, my friends would say. Well, Ron, wait, we checked. The United States only had three officials in, in the whole Games. That was uh, not such a big position. I go, but I was the diving officials coordinator for the world. And then they <laughs> go, oh. Um, <laughs> the i don't know how many officials in total there were but um i can remember um you know just meeting people that i had seen dive on my by watching previous olympics who are now there as coaches or officials and it it was just a a fun thing um one of the things that that happened the first day of the competition one of the officials came up to me and he said, uh, Ron, um, when do I get my uniform? And I go, what do you mean? You picked up your, the, 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 the it was uh, the, a range that when you got off a plane, you would go right to the uniform, fitting, uh, tailoring and all that. Apparently he took a left when he should have taken a right. <laughs> and he was there the whole week without a uniform. And he was next in the chair. And the rule was, you have to be in full dress uniform in order to judge. And he goes, what am I going to do? And I looked around, I go to one of the other officials, you're not on today. So uh, change, go into, the, in, into my office and change um, clothing. So they did. 
And after the whole event was over, the guy who was wearing someone else's uniform came to me and goes, that, and he, he was, um, I won't tell you what country is from, he goes, but that bloke's feet must have been a size seven. He goes, mine's a size 10 and a half. He goes, my feet are killing me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds like maybe one of those uh, janks and Rovat things that happened in the past. And that was like a light bulb went off like, oh, we can make this work. <laughs> yeah. And, and you, had, you had to think fast on your feet. Yeah. Fast on your feet the whole time. So, so janks, if, if someone wanted to be involved in an Olympics, Olympic games in any capacity, how would they even go about doing that? Considering five years from now, we have it in LA. Have a very, very, very good diver. <laughs> that's <laughs> yep. that's, that's, that's... Um, first and foremost. Um, yep. They they use volunteers and there are volunteers from all over the world just for the chance to, to be in it, uh, there and helping out and, and seeing the the pageantry of the Olympics. I know when when I turned in my application, I turned it in without any uh, thought that I would actually get it, mm-hmm. and uh, and I did. And then I thought, well, my God, how am I going to pull this off? Because I was working full time, so I decided I was going to do one of two things: I was going to ask for a sabbatical and take mm-hmm. it, and if I didn't get the sabbatical, I would leave with no pay. That's how important it was to me. Fortunately, the president said, this is a great thing, Ron. You go and uh, don't worry about the sabbatical. Just wear wear Westchester University stuff when you're down there. That's that's uh, incredible. Couldn't do that, but it it was just such a great, great, great opportunity. I feel like all three of us are a little bit cut from the same cloth in that aspect. You know, we're obviously trying to get um, in some role in the next Olympics when we do host in Los Angeles. And it's like, man, I would do whatever, whatever needs to be done, whatever yeah, we need to do to, to, to get on the pool deck with those athletes, with those coaches and just be a fly on the wall and, and do whatever our role is. Exactly. And there are thousands of roles. That's awesome. So Jenks, the one follow-up I have for you about the games, what is the one diver that you remember watching more than anybody else? Oh, that's easy. Mary Ellen Clark. She was in my age group program. That's what I, that's what I was going to say. I think she was one of yours, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that's pretty that had to be a special special moment. Uh, All right. It, it was. It really was. All right, we're going to hit you with some fun fact questions now. What's your favorite uh, food? Uh <laughs> I don't know if you read my answer on that. I did. I said chicken. <laughs> All right. Favorite and, music. Well, wait, the, the reason oh. I picked chicken is because it, it, it always made Sunday dinner a, a, a nice, um, nice uh, surprise or a nice event. Favorite music. Oh, that's hard. You know, you'll, you'll appreciate this. There was a time when I liked country Western. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I like oldies. I, I like the poetry of oldies. Um, I do not like rap. Uh, I do not like opera. Um, and uh, sometimes I like ballads. All right. All right. Pet peeve. Oh, 
Now I have to step up on the soapbox. Yep. <laughs> I am uh, really upset over the lack of understanding um, that uh, to some degree of the, the respect and understanding that head coaches in swimming, um, athletic directors, and, and others who are not closely akin to diving um, have for diving coaches and divers. Um, uh, for example, it's, it's a known fact that uh, in order to keep diving alive at Westchester, I coached the entire time for no money. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason I did it was I was afraid that they'd say, well, Ron, we don't have any more money in the budget to pay you, so we're going to cancel diving. And, and I worked very hard at making sure that um, uh, diving was never canceled at Westchester. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I've even commented now uh, that, uh, oh, my God, I have uh, more money in my savings account now than I did when I was coaching because there would be little things that uh, the pool needed. Yep. And uh, I would purchase it. Um, the uh, TiVo, mm -hmm. uh, I, I thought that was an, an outstanding instrument for teaching diving, especially to uh, beginners. Uh, we've since upgraded that to poolside. And um, then I remember making my own bubbler. Uh, oh yeah. Putting uh, harness rigs in myself, climbing to the ceiling uh, <laughs> with a, um, a, a wall climbing belt and and doing all that and uh, which now when I think about it was crazy but we've done all this and we've done it for the good of the order for the mm -hmm. passion of the sport um, and uh, just the the ability to get in there and and we're, we're artists to mold someone into mm -hmm. becoming our ideal of, of a good diver now, one of the arguments I've had with, with coaches and individuals is this, if you, the, the rationale they give, um, one uh, coach uh, said, well, the reason that we don't give scholarships to divers is they don't score any points in, in the conference meet. I said, hello, uh, there's no diving in the conference meet. Oh, well, they also don't score points at nationals, uh, enough points to give us a championship. Here's the thing, in a dual meet competition, and I can only speak of D1 because that's what I know, um, there are uh, three events and a relay if you go long course. Mm -hmm. So there, there's a possibility of a swimmer participating in four events in a, in a given meet. Divers, two. You go to nationals. There, uh, swimmers can go seven. I think um, three relays and four individual events, or something like that. Divers, two. And so again, we we are disadvantaged in that we'll never mathematically be able to score the points that swimmers score because of the number of times we get to come to show. I have a solution. I would like to see. Uh, do you remember back when we would compete against schools that only had one one meter or had one meter boards mm -hmm. only? You mm -hmm. did for the first half of the meet a voluntary list mm -hmm. and then a, an optional list. Yep. 
How about using that as two events at nationals? It yep. would give the divers who don't have the advantage of all the equipment to improve their dives, uh, but are great divers, mm -hmm. a chance to maybe place at nationals. Um, and then the, the argument will be, well, we don't have enough time to put four events in for diving, but there is. Yeah, We do a whole day for men's diving one meter, a whole day for women's diving one meter, and then three meter for four days. They could have men's and women's on one day and um, on one, one, on one uh, list, and then men's and women's on another day on the other list, and then change boards. It would work. It would work. It would give more athletes a chance to compete and possibly make uh, All-American. Yeah. I like that. I like that you have something you don't like and you're willing to offer a solution. A lot of people just like to complain without providing a solution. I do have one follow-up based off what you said, because I've only ever heard Rovat's side of this. Can you tell me why in the PSAC conference, they got rid of diving? Sure. Sure. Schools with diving were getting too good. Bottom line. And makes sense. And it's 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 like um, anything else. If um, I said, well, if if that's the reason, why not get rid of the backstrokers because they swim backwards and 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 on their on their backs. The only event where that happens, they looked at me like I was crazy. Then the other argument was, well, diving takes so so long for the meet. I go fine. Get rid of the sixteen fifty. <laughs> yep. And and so, so it was basically uh, they they were saying, well, it's not fair. It's not fair that we don't have the diet. We can't find a diving coach. Uh, I remember IUP complained about not being able to find a diving coach or get divers, and and IUP has the Olympic diving coach. Yeah, the Olympic diving coach. So it's just. I, I, and I was so frustrated because I, I want to say, you know, be, be truthful, call it yep. like it is. Yep. And then I, uh, I get ahead, so, I just get so confused at how a conference still has out basically outlawed diving. Like he, you coach in that conference, what do yeah. we got to do to get the PSAC to shape up? Like that's, that's how do you even recruit your kids? Don't get a conference meet. Like then on top of that, you know, qualifying for nationals you need six and 11 dive scores if you don't have a, a conference meet like what do you do for an 11 dive score well we're very fortunate in that uh in in and around the westchester area there are these uh small no-name schools villanova penn <laughs> LaSalle. <laughs> so we have the advantage in that there are schools in our area that uh we can get to within an hour's drive. Yeah. I think, um, Aaron, you brought up some really good questions. Those questions, um, I did send to the, the important people at the NCA. I said, you know, look at the PSAC conference. I said, you know, right now we're required to get in a six dive score and an 11. I said, technically speaking, unless I can get the visiting teams we face to agree to an 11 dive meet, I technically have no 11 dive meets on my schedule. Now that that never happens. Teams are always super willing to like add 11 dive meets, which is really nice. Right. But 
I said, we don't have a conference championship to even do that. So now are the athletes penalized? I mean, honestly, I was going to tell you, Jenks, I said one of the positives is uh, I, I do think some of the swim coaches at least put it on the ballot, but it's never going to pass because all the teams without diving are going to vote no, and maybe the teams with diving will vote yes. So our solution was I just invited all the PSAC diving teams to Clarion, and we're having like a end-of-the-season invite, and we're not allowed to call it the PSAC Diving Championship. We're calling it the uh, – Pennsylvania State yeah, Athletic the, um, uh, uh, College – Pennsylvania State Colleges. I think we called it the PAD2 Diving Invite. But the funny okay. part is uh, – I don't know – I mean, I would imagine Jenks has heard this. I don't think you knew this, Rooney. So – since diving is not a sponsored sport by the, the PSAC, so it's basically not a recognized sport within the conference. Um, if you remember Kristen Day Rooney, obviously she won NCAA Woman of the Year. And whenever she won, the, I don't know how true this is. It's always a rumor from Rovat. We can ask him when we get him on. The PSAC was like NCAA Woman of the Year, PSAC athlete Kristen Day. And our athletic directors and Rovat made them take it down because they're like, she's not a PSAC athlete. You don't recognize diving. So they took it down. <laughs> That's and, it awesome. was just like, and I was like, good for them. But uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it, it's a it's a battle. But I mean, honestly, Rooney, like I, I've told you and I've told our listeners before, too. I think there's times where that's an advantage, like the the Pennsylvania state schools, like you get a full four weeks, four to six weeks to train for just nationals where other teams in America, they have that conference meet right in the middle. And I think depending it's all how you sell it to the kids. If the kids believe it's a good thing. Great. If it's if you can't get them to believe that you might be in trouble. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, Jake, you know, Jake, go ahead. That whole uh, uh, demise of diving started with YMCA's. I grew up in a YMCA. One time during the diving competition at YMCA Nat Swimming and Diving Nationals, the swimming coaches voted to separate diving from uh, swimming. And I went to our swimming coach at the YMCA that I was affiliated with at the time. And I said, why would you do that? He goes, well, you know, we want to see who the true champion is in the water. I go, so it's all about winning and not about everybody swims. And he looked at me and goes, well, yeah, basically. <laughs> so it, it was the zealousness of swimming coaches. That's one who did wanted uh, to get rid of something they couldn't win with. And that was the other team's divers. Yeah. Um, and then the, the other thing was um, they, um, they would say, you know, we, we can't get coaches. Uh, we don't have the facility um, it, it, and just excuses. And I, I know I, I made a lot of enemies when, when I would talk to them uh about this because i was knocking holes in their arguments yeah yeah uh let's uh let's transition a little to judging at division two nationals that's where i got to know you a whole lot better um obviously i saw you when i was a competitor but never really interacted i don't you were really afraid know. of me i don't know why <laughs> you, you i was afraid of how good your divers were there's no doubt about that um well thank but you let's talk let's talk about judging and um how do you like that role and what do you get out of those weeks when we're at d2s well this is a great time i um i get to be with all of my either competitors or friends and 
after we're finished judging, we have a social hour. We usually go to dinner together. We go to lunch together. We talk about stories on how how good we were way back when and and things like that. So it's it's really a great week of camaraderie and um, and and you get to see the meat free. Yep. And, and uh, so I love it. Absolutely I, love it. I totally agree. And I got a good story for you guys. Um, so they like to mix up the panel between, you know, <laughs> who is um, the head official, who's assistant ref. And, and one of the times Jenks and I were both in those upper positions. One of us was head ref. One of us was uh, confirming. And there was one dive and, and immediately, like I looked down, I throw my score at the scoring pad and I didn't think really that anything of it. It was a three meter dive. I know it was an inward for hundred percent fact. Cause I, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll know why. So we get the scores and they're on our pads and it's like a couple of twos and then a couple of five and a halves and sixes. And I know I gave a five and a half and I look at, look over at Jenks and the meat just kind of went on along afterwards. And we get done and I'm like, Hey, what did I miss on that dive? And he goes, dude, she almost took her head off on the board and I had to raise my hand. It was way too close. And I just remember thinking like, yep, I totally missed that. And every single time Keith will send me a video or, or anything like, Hey, is this inward too close? I don't care. I don't mind. I don't know why, but inwards being close, I guess don't bother me. And I was kind of one of the few that thought that way. Uh. Yeah, just so we're clear, you could probably send Aaron a video of a diver hitting the board and be like, eh, not close enough. <laughs> like, no blood, no blood. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I swear. I know I've sent him a few inwards where I'm like, that's a little too close. He's like, that looks perfect. And I'm like, I, think, I don't know. All right, Jenks, let's just talk about where, you know, you've seen Division Two diving for quite a long time. What are some areas in general that you think we need to be looking at to improve for the athletes, for the coaches, for everybody? Um, one is, um, we've got to do something with our orphans by orphans. I mean, yeah. the divers who go to the meet, but then don't make it into the meet. And there's basically saying, well, you didn't qualify to be among the, the top 22 or top 24. So go home. They're not yep. even allowed to go to the banquet. They're not allowed to even sit in the stands. And so that has to change mm -hmm. um, uh, because it's, you know, it's, it's not right. Yep. These kids just could have missed out on a bad day or something like yep. that. All right. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty interested in this next one, man. Uh, oh, I have another thing, Aaron. Oh, I'm go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. No, um, go ahead. It's the equipment. I can remember we went to, well, uh, we're back at Spire. Yes. Do they still have Paragon stands? I think so. And no major championship meet allows Paragon stands. And they are not configured properly for the the board the, the board mm. you know i had a girl hit the board she didn't she yeah. the board did not throw her out at all yep yep and 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 i i i attribute a lot of that to that uh paragon stand yep. i think that that's probably why you won over there heath huh 
No, as a female diver, actually, uh, I, I don't <laughs> mind sharing this story. Jenks might. So I vividly remember this because I believe it was in prequels, correct, Jenks? Yeah, I was yeah, the next but, diver, and, but I was on one meter. And um, I remember after it was all done, we had asked you, like, she okay? And you're like, yeah, she, she's okay. She's back at the hospital. Everything's checking out. And I said, hey, we're going to get some flowers together. And Jenks, without hesitation, looked and said, yeah, get her a helmet, too. And I said, oh, my gosh, Jenks. <laughs> It's like Jenks, just brutal. Like for for our listeners, in order to understand like these stories and these memories, like I have vivid memories of you, Jenks. Of it was my junior year, and I transferred during my freshman year, came in, competed as a sophomore, and every year after my sophomore year, Jenkins would look at me and he's like, "I thought you graduated last year." Every year he would say the same thing, and then he would look at me and he's like we'd be getting ready to compete and he'd be like, Hey, just make sure you don't hurdle with the wrong foot or like, don't make sure you don't turn around the wrong way when you go up to do a back press. And like, you start <laughs> thinking about these little things and like, I always knew he was messing and it was so much, but like, that's the fun part of D2 in my opinion. Like it was so much fun. Like we looked forward to seeing Jenkins on the pool deck because he's, you're just a good person and we need more people like that in our world. Like just good people that want to see people oh, succeed. Please, now I'm going to cry. Oh gosh, no, no, no <laughs> tears, you. no tears. Thank you. Yep. Thanks. We know you to be one of the funniest people <laughs> on this planet. And we're so glad you're willing to share your funny stories with us, but I would love to hear a good Dave Robat story from you. PG 13, okay. PG 13. I, I have one in mind. Um, <laughs> I was at Clarion or I think it's either dual meet or an invitational, but Dave was going to take me out on town that night. So we went to his favorite establishment, um, which as soon as uh, we got out of the car and I started walking to the place, I could hear the country Western music playing and I'm going, oh no. <laughs> and so we get there, Dave being the gentleman opens the door I walked in, and when I walked in, it was like someone had pushed pause on a remote control, <laughs> and everyone turned, looked at me, and did not move. And I know it's impossible. I could swear in my own mind that even the jukebox stopped playing. <laughs> and that went on for a while. So we went and sat down, ordered a beer, and Dave looks around. He, it suddenly dawns on him, oh, my God, he says, Jenks. I think you're the first person of color to ever uh, come in this bar. And then he takes a sip and I go, that's okay. Just as long as I'm the first to leave. And he spits it all over the table. But uh, that was Dave in, in true style. That's the Clarion's Amish country that, you know, you're, you're probably not too far off there, especially back then. Yeah. It's the middle of nowhere. That's for it. Just so like you and Dave had this really special connection as coaches. What did that mean for you guys? Like, was it ever, was it ever like combative, like us versus each other? Or was it always just like, well, it, it was like how always it was? Out, of, out of respect for what he, he accomplished and, uh, and what I tried so hard to accomplish, but I, there were very few times when I could beat him for the championship. And, and I can remember calling it Calarian magic. It just exists and it exists to this day. You, you don't expect the winner to be who the winner is. 
And it, you were evident. It was evident for you, Keith, last year. Yeah, I think I. Uh, we we're gonna put that on a shirt and we're gonna give it to you at nationals clarion magic i think i'm telling my divers that one because i i i say there's something special about the water in clarion because it's like i don't know what it is that that man made it a habit to recruit like the the people that stick out in my head like some of the best divers i saw when i was young was ryan Cooser, and he transferred and dove for you and i'm like there's no way i'm ever beating this kid and he would still beat me on one meter because I sucked at one meter. But, like, I don't know how Rovet took these kids that were kind of like a bunch of misfits and just turned uh -huh. them into great divers. Like, Yeah. Well, he, even before Dave, there was Don Lee. Yep. Yep. And he did the same thing. I can remember a year I, I thought, okay, I got him this year. <laughs> and, geez, it happened again. And now there's a Heath Calhoun doing the same yep, thing. there is. Uh, I'm just trying not to mess it up, guys. That's the truth. <laughs> just, just to get that win. <laughs> I, I'm just trying not to mess it up. That's oh, I, I'm actually supposed to ask you a question, because uh, my wife is actually walking through the room right now. Sarah wants me to ask you, how can we all be as cool as Ron Jenkins? <laughs> That's a, uh, I swear to God, she asked me that before I walked down. Don't grow up in Wilkesbury, tell her. <laughs> <laughs> don't grow up in Wilkesbury. I will tell her that. She's laughing so hard right now, Jenks. <laughs> awesome. We'll never be as cool as Ron Jenkins. Uh, all right, we're going to get into our signature questions. Uh, Ron, we don't treat failure like it's a bad thing, more of an opportunity for growth. So from uh, that perspective, what's your favorite failure? My favorite failure? Oh, God. Um, possibly coaching for no money. Hmm. Um, and not demanding at least a, 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 a small salary for what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because it, it set a, a bad precedence for the diving coach who followed me, mm -hmm. who's um, doing um, a full-time coaching job for 6000 a year. Right. That's it. And no one's embarrassed by that. I mean, yeah. he's not embarrassed because like me, he has a passion for the sport, but the mm -hmm. athletic director doesn't say, Oh yeah, well, you know, we, we spent more than that on flowers for homecoming. Yeah. Uh, things like that. But it, it's just, I, I don't, I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I wish I had demanded uh, more to, uh, to set uh, everybody else up for the future. And then my next one here, what are you doing to improve to get to the next level? And I, I'm looking at your typed out answers, man. I just, <laughs> I'm losing it over here. I said, do you mean praying and trying to um, uh, live, live a sin-free life? So I, if, if you mean by the next level, is that it? <laughs> the next level? <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. Uh, <laughs> within diving, within coaching, within, <laughs> I guess, life. Yeah. I, 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 uh, life. I, you know, when I was uh, answering your questionnaire, uh, I started typing away and, and uh, ideas were coming to mind just as uh, very fluid. And I thought, geez, maybe I'll, um, I will write that book that everyone's been after me to write. I'll be uh, the first one to buy it. That's for sure. 
You don't need it. <laughs> no, I need I need it. If you write a book, I need it. That's for sure. Well, All right. <laughs> my next one here. I just, my next I one is, already <laughs> answered that one. What is your spirit animal? This is from Katie from Pitt. Okay. I tell Katie it's a chicken. <laughs> oh, Ron, you're killing me over here, man. And then uh, my my next one is like relating to your love with diving. Like, what is your why? Why do you keep doing the sport? Uh, seeing that one diver who, um, you know, you could say the right thing to, uh, you know, I, I think back on my life and, uh, and, and diving. Would I have had the desire to go to college if it hadn't been for diving? Probably not. Um, fortunately for me, I, I was a good student and, um, and I, I had other goals in mind. But my first year in college, I, I don't think I, I knew why I was there except to dive. Mm. Um, I knew uh, even in high school, I wanted to be a good student. Um, so it, it set me up and, and I, I have divers who are in my program. Some were good divers, not great divers. That means they play second at nationals. Um, and uh, they've often told me, I, uh, I don't know where I'd be without you. And, and that's such a, a tear, tearing compliment. Yeah, um, I, I always tell the story of a diver I had who did not come to Westchester, who um, did not live in a great neighborhood in the town in which he grew up, went to a, one of the military academies. He dived there and, and did well. And uh, I just saw him uh, last two weeks ago three weeks ago when he uh, flew his plane up to see me. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and and <laughs> this guy has far exceeded any expectations from me. And he tells me, he goes, he thought he'd end up working in the steel mill. Mm -hmm. So you never know what that one word will do what that one smile will do uh, in, in, a, in terms of encouragement for individuals. And, and if, if I can do that, if I can continue doing that, um, that's good enough for me. I miss the pool, but I, I don't think I'll ever uh, return as a coach. I think your, uh, your career as a comedian would take off. I mean, I, no, I, no, I, I, I had to apologize for how much your answers are typed out. Just like I'm, I'm losing it over here. All right. Jenks, what's your favorite drill to do? Oh, definitely something that will improve the forward approach or back takeoff. If you yep. think of diving, most of the mistakes are made because they didn't get off the board correctly. Right. And you see that at all levels, all yeah. levels. And so I, I like all of these little, little drills uh, for making them get the, uh, the approach in their mind. Uh, as a, as a professional in my career, um, I was a, a learning specialist. And, and with learning comes rhythm. And I always give examples of all these things that 
that helped you learn. For example, your ABCs. And even now when you're trying to file something alphabetically, you start going, H-I-J, singing that song. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the kids would laugh at me for a while when I made them do it. But then after they found out that it worked, they continued doing it. All of the divers that I coached had a four-step and a hurdle approach. And it was to the tune of row, 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 <laughs> yeah. row. And Sarah's, Sarah still tells me about that. And, and the reason is the diving board has a meter to it. That means it only goes two directions, down and up, down mm -hmm. and up. And the, you cannot increase the speed of that meter uh, once you walk, start walking on the board. And so that's why that song works. And so if you can get them to, you see divers who trip on the board because they, mm -hmm. they start slow then they go too fast. Mm -hmm. But if they stay with that rhythm, it keeps the board consistent. And, and the same thing with back takeoffs, we have little, little songs for that as well. <laughs> I love it. I, Sarah still talks about that. She's like, Jenks made me sing row, row, row your boat in my front hurdle. And I'm like, what the heck is this? But it works. Yeah. And a lot of kids would say, well, I don't like doing that because then I can't think about what I'm doing. And I go, well, what are you doing? And they go, huh? I go, if, if you're not thinking about your approach, what are you thinking about? And, and that's what it is. You know, yeah. as if you dance, you, that when you start out, you look at your feet and, and you, you try to think about what's next, what's next, what's next. But when you're in a proficient dancer, you, you glide. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would like the, the divers to be able to do when they're on the board, to glide through that approach. Yeah, that makes I sense. I noticed, and I don't know if you've noticed, uh, the hop hurdle is now going by the wayside. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. because they're finding out that it's 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 too iffy mm -hmm. i was not a, a, a proponent of the hop hurdle although so many of my divers said well so-and-so's doing it why can't i and i go go ahead <laughs> fair enough all right jenks best advice given and or received oh my coach used to tell me because i grew up as a as a type a individual um, you know, I wanted everything in its place and a place for everything. Um, and he often would say to me when I would get upset and say, well, why can't it be that way? Why are they doing that? It's not right. And he goes, Jenkins, you're a perfectionist living in an imperfect world. And those words have stayed with me over the 50 years or so uh, since he said them. It's a really good one. I'll probably steal it and tell my divers tomorrow. I'll give you credit for it, though. Okay. But... <laughs> All right. Who would you like to hear us interview next? Uh, Steve Cutrup. He's the diving coach presently for Westchester. Uh, I'm and, pumped Steve is there. And, and he's passionate about it. He's looking forward to coming to your invitational. Yes. Uh, and, um, and so um, I think it, it's, a, it's a good, good mix. For, for the program. And I think he's going to do some things with it as soon as uh, he starts getting the, um, the divers. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for what Steve can do. I think he'll do a wonderful job. All right. And then my last question for you, Jenks is what question are we not asking that we should be? Mm. 
what would that be? Where is diving in the future? You know, I like that. It's it's dying at the high school level. Um, it's dead at the YMCA level. Uh, we have a YMCA right here in Westchester with a separate diving well, and uh, they can't get diving coaches or instructor uh, that that know anything about diving. Uh, they they their terms at what at the the Y are is very short lived. So I actually just thought of one last question for you. It'll probably, you'll be able to answer is you said you started, um, when, what year did you start coaching? Oh, you're trying to do the age thing now, aren't you? No, no, no. <laughs> I actually have a different question, but I just am trying to get an idea of when you started coaching. Uh, at Westchester was in 1972. So from 1972 to currently, you've kind of been able to watch like kind of the golden age for USA diving. Oh, yes. And where we're at now, what happened? Um, Chinese. Well, one of the, the things I, I was taught, well, this is going to freak you out, but when I was in fifth grade, uh, we were studying the, the Chinese and, and their culture. And the teacher said the Chinese have been able to adopt, adapt, and adept, whatever exists in the world. And he says, the meaning is adopt, you've taken them on. And adept means you've changed it to suit and improve. And then um, adept becoming very proficient at it. Adapt, uh, change it and adept become proficient. And, and I think that's what they did. They studied us. They studied us to the nth degree so that they could be better. But they have a society whereas if this is what you're picked for, this is what you do. Mm-hmm. And we we have I had a great diver, I remember years back. And I told him, you, you you're gonna be just the man in college. Well, he played football in high school. He was five six, but he played football in high school, and um, and I said, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to play football in college. And he goes, well, I don't plan on it, but I I still want to try. And um, he he never never made it as a diver in college, and it's because his focus was on all different different sports. Um, we have too many opportunities here in this country, and. Um, and, and they take it. I would not have been a diver growing up if for the $10 a year that I paid for a YMCA membership involved, I had to pay for all, all the other things in, in the program of the Y. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. And so the Ys are not what they used to be. The grassroots of all aquatics are not what they used to be. Um, <clears throat> and uh, we just don't have that culture where we're truly dedicated to, to the sport. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. So before um, Aaron does kind of our send off, I just have to tell you, cause uh, we are pretty close with Mr. Ben Maldoff. 
And I always ask him when we're interviewing people that he knows, say, Hey, you got any questions for him? And you kind of hit pretty much all of his questions, but he wanted me to tell you, I'm going to read it to you. He said, just make sure Jenks knows how much the people he's impacted appreciate him and love him, even though we forget to say it. And I want you to know that that's true for your athletes. And even like myself who only got to interact with you at nationals and now getting to be there as a coach, like you've made, you know, you always talk about people and like, you know, you don't talk about legacy for a long time, but you have left diving and division two diving and people as better people than when they've, before they met you. And that's like the mark of an amazing human being. So thank you for everything you've ever done for all of us, for all your athletes, for everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Ben. Yes. <clears throat> if you're out there listening, hit us up on Instagram. We are at the diving pod. Our email is of course, the diving pod at gmail.com. Um, again, another sponsor cowing Robards hit us up. If you're interested in an online store for your team or just a simple t-shirt order for a conference meet, a national meet, whatever it might be, I'll be happy to hook you up with that. Um, if you need an example, go to divingpod.itemorder.com. Enter divepod at checkout. That's all one word. That gets you free shipping. Jenkins, Heath said it best. I haven't really gotten to interact with you as an athlete, but whenever we are on the panel together, it's always fun at those uh, socials to recap events from you know each of our different perspectives. And I just respect you so much. And I'm, I'm glad we have gotten to meet over these years. So thank you very much. Thank you. Be well, all, right. all of you. Yes, we will see you next time.